0: I want to see it. Them. Them. You want to see them. It's not like I have one big retard fang. His upper lip curled back in a sneer and his teeth reflected the neon lights in the bar. That's it? They're so small. I'll have you know many a women's have called them manly and adequate. Women in chat rooms? Fuck. Real women in real life. I don't care what Hollywood says. We don't troll the internet finding people too dumb to know better. Am I too dumb? She asked coquettishly. She squinted through the almost light at him, trying to get a rise. While stoic most of the night, a wry grin spread slowly like a cancer across his face. Baby, you're too dumb not to be, he mused out loud with a chuckle. Hey, what's that supposed to me Shh, don't worry about it. I sometimes forget how fragile you breathers are. Her eyes flashed briefly with anger, quickly quelled by a strange calm. "'Are you glimmering me? Magic isn't allowed,' she said breathily as she leaned in towards him. "'Glamour. You mean glamour, and it's not magic. It's the manipulation of pheromones in combination with a naturally heightened sense of alpha waves from the brain. Pretty much a poor man's hypnosis.' "'You're using it?' angling herself so that her low-cut shirt caught his wandering eye." No, I'm using vodka martinis, he stated, motioning at the bartender for another round on his tab. The dull bass thudding of white zombies' blood, milk, and sky started, the guitar riff cutting white-hot over the couple as their eyes met and locked. So what about werewolves? Huh? Werewolves? Everything I've seen say they exist and that you hate each other. Werewolves? Werewolves don't exist. That's just plain stupid. What about sunlight? I'm sure it doesn't bother them in the slightest. No, I mean you. Well, according to Hollywood bullshit, we sparkle. What the hell does that even mean? If by sparkle you mean weaken, burn, and then explode, then yes. By all means, we fucking sparkle. Like fucking fireworks, we fucking sparkle. You curse a lot. Sign of the fucking times, I guess. We curse, spit, and not any of us look like that Paddington guy or David Boreanaz, I assure you. There was a deafening moment of the silence, as the music faded out from White Zombie to Bauhaus. They both rolled their eyes at Bella Lugosi's dead. "'What a horrible piece of shit. Almost as bad as Joy Division, as far as music goes,' she said, taking a delicate sip of her martini. "'I remember when men were men, punk was punk, and the Smiths and New World Order were getting beaten up in parking lots, little skinny shitheads crying themselves a sweater of tears, mascara, and feelings.'" Wow, you're old. What was that, like the 70s? He cast a scorned look her way, and she tried to smile back. Christ, if you think the 70s were a hundred years ago, I'd hate to think what you think of the really old vamps. They were the old school deal. Hiding out in caves and scaring the blood out of the sick, old, and unwary, the fuckers picked their teeth with crosses and bathed in holy water. What we would call the good old days, I guess. Blood? Yep. Yep. Scare it right out of people and slurp it off the dirt, like doing red lines of cocaine. Is that what it's like? Like doing coke? He smiled gently at her as he leaned in. She thought he was going to whisper, but he didn't. It's like drinking a cupcake and hen job smoothie. She sat in stunned silence. If it's that good, I want in. He smiled like he knew a secret. He leaned back on the bar stool and eyed her hungrily. There was something about the human female that piqued his interest. Some smoldering kindling of a kindred spirit that spoke to him in a language unspoken. When not cute and pursed, her bottom lip was bitten by her top teeth. He could smell her sweat, all pheromones, and cheap Chanel knockoff. The soft twitch of her eyes as he made her uncomfortable with his silence. He could hear the industrial grinding of her nervously rubbing those delicate hands on those smooth legs poured into her jeans. She caught his eye as he caught the sure scent of adrenaline. His smile softened seductively. Tell you what, he whispered. Why don't you and me take a little walk? That was Fangs for the Drinks. Uh, I'm Doug, and this is Mr. Wright. I wrote that for a then-girlfriend, and this episode is about dedications. Writing dedications, writing pieces uh, to dedicate to people. Where I'll Start is, sometimes it's hard to do this. Uh, because you're trying to make something that someone will like. So you know what they read, you know what they watch. Um, you try to basically pander to them. but the trick is to write a piece that's wholly original, stands out on its own, and you don't lose your voice trying to appease this person because um, you want to, or why wouldn't you write a piece that you're gonna dedicate? Does't make any sense if you uh, did otherwise. I know that this piece started when um, my then-girlfriend uh, was a big Twilight fan, a bit closeted, it was her guilty pleasure, but I was both horrified and fascinated by the fact that the vampires sparkled. I'm not here to go off on a rant about that, though I could. And I noticed that, like, with from uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula to uh, the comic book Preacher to Anne Rice novels to Twilight, that the vampire lore was always getting no pun intended revamped to suit the writer's needs and every time this happened the writer would go oh that old lord that's bullshit and have a character explain it away i thought that was fascinating by um you know you have stroker's dracula which has all the rules the the base rules you know crosses holy water garlic sunlight that kind of thing magical hypnosis and and vampire brides it was always a fun part of that one Um, then you have Anne Rice, who kind of tweaked some of the rules and made vampires pretty, um, which you do end up seeing in Twilight as well. Um, the comic book preacher, the character Cassidy, um, eventually dispels a lot of the rules and goes, I, he loves garlic, holy water doesn't bother him, he likes to think in churches. Uh, so I decided that I would write a piece uh, from a vampire's point of view where he dispels some of the rumors, you know, and rules that I didn't like or I thought didn't make any sense. Um, this would eventually evolve into a different character who you will uh, have that piece read several episodes later, uh, but a character named John Goodwitch. So I wrote that for her. She liked it. Um, We were you know, both uh, fond of the drink. We were fond of vampire fiction. But like I said, I wanted to make it wholly my own, have it stand up, and I don't think I lost my voice at all. I was very proud of it. But it's hard. Like I said, you want to do something they're going to like, and most people will just get the piece, read it, and go, oh yeah, I liked it, whether they did or not. Um, You want to make something they will like, they will actually love. Um, There was another piece that I will read much later, uh, not this episode, but in the series, where uh, I had a girlfriend challenge me to write something, not necessarily for her, but challenge me in terms of writing something very specific, and I will talk about that much, much later, like I said. But I wanted to do, you know, I didn't want to lose my voice trying to make this for a person. So that is a very hard trick that's um, a very fine line to tap dance, especially when I know that the then-girlfriend was, you know, Red Twilight, um, liked Kurt Vonnegut and Chuck Palahniuk, and I kind of wanted to give it like an edginess that you see from Vonnegut and Polinick. but I didn't want it to be in that style. Um, one, it's hard to imitate Vonnegut, it just is. And Polonik is easy to imitate, um, but when you do, it's done very poorly and very obviously. So that was thanks for the Memories. I'm sorry, thanks for the Drinks, I keep screwing that up. Like I said, you just have to write it and go, okay, kind of here are the rules that I want to write by. Um, I want it to be Vampire, I want it to be set in a bar, and I wanted it to, um, dispel... Um, Some of the rules I didn't like or or make fun of the fact that the rules always change, you know from writer to writer So in that I went okay. He you know, he says we don't troll the internet We don't all look like David Boreanaz um, Or Robert Patterson so or Pattinson whatever the fuck his name is. I don't know Um, I don't watch that stuff in that I built that framework and then went okay now just pretend someone challenged you to do that and write it in your voice That was the easiest way. I literally set up the most bare-bones structure so I wasn't overly confined by the rules I was setting up for myself to write something for someone else. Um, These are not necessarily structures you're going to put in place for novels, things you just want to write for yourself, or or stories you just have the burning need to get out. You're not worried about the confines in that. You're free to run wild as, as a horse on the plains. But in in pieces you're going to dedicate to people or writing for people, you have to build that structure. And I think you can fall into a trap by over-confining yourself, by suffocating yourself with the rules and trying to appease them. At some point, you just have to let go and say, okay, here's the most bare bones, like housework, uh, a frame of a house. Now, I can put a room here, a room here, a room here, a fireplace there, and I'm not going to worry about the buyer of the house. That, not a perfect metaphor, but a damn good one. I'm not worried about, well, they want two bedrooms on top, and they want the fireplace in the bathroom. Like, I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about, you know, just going barebone structure. Now I can let myself loose in here. Um, as long as I stay within, like I said, that housing frame. Now, writing dedications, and that's not writing for dedications, that's at the beginning of every most books you see, like, dedicated to, there are a myriad of ways you could do this. Uh, Your influences, your significant others, kids, pets, um, a TV show, something that sparked it. Um, I, of course, dedicated this to my girlfriend at the time, but I would probably, if I were to publish the novel that... Um, this kind of springboarded to uh, the John Goodwitch book, um, I would thank her because Thanks for the Drinks was the inspiration for that. She gave me the, you know, kind of tools uh, or the push to write something different in the vampire fiction genre. And John Goodwitch is very different from that. And um, there are parts of Fangs for the Drinks that I took and went, okay, the vampire character is explaining away glamouring. Um, it's not magic. Um, it's not supernatural. He debunks werewolves. You know, he talks about, you know, uh, the, the, old, the old vampires and the differences between them and now. And um, I would imagine, like, societal shifts, cultural shifts would um, have informed the vampire community. Uh, also, it's assumed that, like, vampires are, you know, quote-unquote, out of the coffin, to use a phrase from True Blood. And the uh, Sookie Stackhouse series. Uh, once again, those books changed some of the rules. Like, you know, they had the the very um, I keep saying structured, but I'm, I'm and I'm sorry, but the very um, specific rules in terms of uh, makers and pro, uh, progenies um, that you didn't see in a lot of vampire fiction until a little bit Nan Rice, you know. But that was more love as opposed to a strict set of uh, societal uh, rules and mores. I'm getting off the topic. Writing dedications, very easy. Um, just think about who you want to dedicate it to. Who means a lot? Who means a lot to the piece? Or the piece means a lot to them. Uh, it's not difficult, but you want to keep it short and sweet. I know when I published uh, my first novel, my dedication page, or my uh, it, was, it wasn't a novel, it was a collection of short stories, you know, the the, the dedication page was was, like, almost a page long, and my editor was like, you're out of your fucking mind. He goes, you... I mean, he goes, I I know you obviously appreciate these people, but you gotta cut it down, you know? And I did. I cut it down to about, uh, about a fourth of a page. There's that. And then there was, like I said earlier, writing for people, don't overconfine yourself. Don't suffocate yourself. Don't... If it feels like you're being asphyxiated when you're writing... Either it's bad writing, um, bad writing practices, or you're, you're you're putting too much stress on yourself to shit gold, as the case may be. So keep these things in mind when you work on pieces for other people, um, which is always fun. I love writing for other people. I'm working on a poem for a friend's sister. Um, I always love to have people um, come up to me and go, you know, you never write... Uh, a robot love story. Do that. And I go, oh, okay, cool, yeah, I'll write that because that's it's a challenge. It's something I don't often do. And before I was really interrupted by a telephone call. I love writing for other people. It's fun. It gives me, it, it sharpens the skills I already have. It adds more tools to the toolbox. I will talk about this on another episode called Outside the Box. Is um, This is what I was kind of foreshadowing earlier. That I had a girlfriend who goes, well, I was, writing, I was writing my first novel, and I said, do you feel cheated when a sex scene gets skipped over? And she was like, yes, because she was a bit of a minx. And I said, okay, because I'm at this sex scene, but I've never really written sex before. And that was my challenge, was I wrote her a short story to kind of get the, the inner workings of a sex scene together before I wrote one for the novel. Um, and that'll be on, I don't know what episode number it is, but it's going to be called Outside the Box yeah it like I said, it sharpens and hones your skills you already have, and it adds more skills, like I said to the toolbox, more tools to the toolbox, uh, more toys in in you know the the sandbox, a lot of boxes and stuff going into them. That sounded dirty. so on that note, this has been Mr. Wright. I hope you enjoyed this episode about dedications. You keep writing, they'll keep reading right on.